Hello fellow travelers, Tori here from Tori Pines Travels. This week we are talking all things travel blogging. So I'm sure if you love to travel, you've read a travel blog or two. So this week we're talking to Kate Storm from Our Escape Clause and from Lone Star Travel Guide. Kate is going to share all of the juicy information about being a full-time traveler, full-time travel blogger, and what it takes to be successful in this world. But don't worry, we talk a lot lots of things, Europe, and just traveling in general too. So jump on into the show. I hope you love this week's episode. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Tori Pines Travels and send us a direct message. Let us know uh, some of the different episodes that you want to hear about next, different locations or topics or um, anything you'd you'd like us to cover. So um, we hope to see you there and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome everybody today. Um, I have a amazing guest. Her name is Kate Storm. Um, she's a full-time travel blogger and the voice behind our escape clause and Lone Star Travel Guide. So welcome to the show, Kate. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Well, why don't you go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I am a full-time travel blogger, was a full-time traveler for four years, might be one again in the near future, we'll see what 2021 brings, yeah. and I run both a global travel blog and then also a travel site about the state of Texas. Cool, so exciting. Well, I think we want to delve on into all that a little bit throughout this episode because I know the listeners are going to want to hear kind of how you got to where you are, which is so cool. Um, so let's start with talking about the elephant in the room. Um, what has life looked like for you guys since the pandemic? Yeah, um, so we flew to from Mexico to North Carolina to visit my mom at the end of February 2020. And we're supposed to fly to Barcelona on April 3rd. That obviously didn't happen. So we ended up um, kind of uh, sticking around with family for a few months, kind of hoping that this would result by the summer when that became obvious that it wouldn't. We went ahead and signed a year lease here in Austin, Texas, which is where I am now, um, to kind of wait things out and see what happens. Wow. Well, that's kind of crazy timing that you ended up being in the U.S. when that all went down. Yes. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, that was lucky you know. for sure. Yeah, it, it was, it ended up being very convenient. Um, you know, there were benefits and downsides. I have most of my friends were stuck in Europe, um, but you oh, know, all stuck in Europe. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so funny. Cool. Well, how, what do you guys, I know it's really hard to guess what we're going to do and what's going to happen, but what are you guys planning at this point for how it's going to change kind of your lifestyle in the future? Yeah, so we never really intended to be full-time nomads for as long as we were. We just couldn't really stop. Yeah. Um, so we will probably start traveling a lot more again. I think we will keep a legal address, but we're kind of bouncing around. We'll probably move like officially to Europe at some point for at least a few years, but we're waiting to see how things shake out over there. And in the meantime, we will stick around Texas and travel this part of the world. Okay, cool. Do you have a specific spot in Europe that you have your eye on? Um, a lot, but we're looking pretty seriously at Portugal and Spain, especially. Um, both of them have really easy, um, easy is not the right word, simple uh, visa processes in order for Americans to move over. And Portugal in particular has a really nice uh, tax allowance. So, Oh, cool. Okay. So that makes sense. And that kind of helps people understand a little bit of like how you go about kind of picking where you move because that's something that maybe right. not everybody thinks about. Yeah I mean you know if uh if reality didn't exist it'd be great to go live in Rome but you know for visa reasons that's probably not gonna happen. Yeah based on um a lot of your um blog posts I would have guessed you would have said Italy. <laughs> Yeah, if it made logistical sense, I would, but you know, they make it pretty easy for retirees. So come back in 30 years and maybe I'll be there. There you go. Sounds good. All right. So let's kind of go back to the beginning. How did this all get started? How did you become a travel blogger and travel the world? 
Yeah, so um, backing way up, uh, we graduated from college in our early 20s, the usual. Um, I had intended to go to law school, and then when I was studying for the LSATs, decided that I was never going to go to law school. <laughs> um, and so kind of bounced around for a little bit for a couple of years, worked a couple of just like dull nine to five type jobs. And we were living in San Antonio at the time, and we knew that we wanted to move on. So at that point, we kind of got the idea, we we're like, okay, if we can get enough savings, then before we like pick a next place to move, we can go travel for six months. Um, but by month three, that was pretty obviously not going to be enough time. So we ended up uh, working on our escape clause and also Jeremy took some software development jobs and sort of over time, we just sort of bounced around and piecemealed our way into something resembling an income. And then uh, a couple of years ago, you know, the site really took off and now that's what we do. Wow. That's incredible. Well, it's so cool. So um, how, what was your writing background? Did you have any sort of writing background before you started I mean, blog? You know, I always love to write, of course, you know, most people who become bloggers do, but Sounds kind of strange, but really the most beneficial like writing education that I had was working on the high school newspaper newspaper for four years. Okay. Um, just, you know, writing under a deadline, writing those short tight paragraphs, moving quickly. Um, I leveraged a lot of those skills in creating the blog. Yeah, I love that. I was on my high school newspaper. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I think the point of that, though, is that you don't have to have extensive, you know, education or training in writing um, to do what you do, yeah. I think is important for other people to know. Yeah, and I do always like to mention, too, that, like, you know, creative writing is wonderful. I love it. It's a big part of my life. But really, I consider what I do for my job on the blog more of a form of technical writing than any kind of creative writing. Right, because you're giving tangible advice and tips and, and that kind exactly. of Exactly, yeah. Okay, so let's go into the travel aspect, because that's obviously where all of this <laughs> comes from <laughs> and why you have a blog and why you're into all of this. So, um, so when we're talking about giving people tangible advice for their future vacations, how mm -hmm. do you go about... Um, planning those trips broadly, but also um, like specifically, let's talk about restaurants. Like how do you go about finding great restaurants to try um, wherever you are? Honestly, Google. <laughs> like that's yeah i mean you know obviously not everywhere we eat makes it into the blog because some are duds but we generally find google to be the best resource we usually search for places near us um occasionally websites like eater we'll take a look at um but we don't tend to look at like TripAdvisor or anything like that right because those can tend to be more from the tourist aspect than the local aspect right yeah, and you know, just like any other kind of research, when you read it over and over and over again all day, every day, like I do, you kind of uh, develop like a soft art of like picking out like what's important from those reviews and being able to kind of read between the lines as to whether or not this is someone that I'm going to listen to, if that makes sense. Right. No, that, that totally does. And then kind of on that same realm, as far as activities go, how, I mean, obviously everywhere you go, there's going to be like those touristy attractions or activities or things mm -hmm. to do. Um, some of them are touristy for a reason, probably a lot of them, like, because they're great. <laughs> how, how do you guys go about that? Are you big into the touristy um, activities or how do you figure out what's worth it, what's not? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I love touristy stuff. Like, that's part of why I'm a travel writer. So I tend to like most of it, you know, going to the Eiffel Tower, going to the Coliseum, that sort of thing. Um, where I tend to start skipping things is with, like, small museums, especially if they're very repetitive. Like, for some reason, you'll notice that, like, every city on the planet, for some reason, has a torture museum. Um, like it's a, 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 like everywhere. I'm not even kidding. Like I was in St. Augustine recently and there's one there too. Um, but you know, that kind of like gimmicky thing we tend to skip these days, but I'm a big believer that there's room for everyone in tourism. So if that's your thing, you know, yeah. go have fun. <laughs> that's Yeah. And I think that's a big thing of what uh, matters to me too, is that 
everybody has totally different travel, you know, um, interests and types. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to kind of figure out the type of activities you like and then adjust them maybe to the location that you're in. So like if you love wineries, there's a winery close to almost any city ever, like, or (laughs) things like that. So, okay, well, I like that. So what resources do you guys use? So I know you said Google, obviously, but what Mm -hmm. other resources um, do you use when planning? Other than, of course, your wonderful blogs with all of that information. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So literally everything. Um, I keep spreadsheets of destinations and not just destinations, but like specific like museums and attractions and places that I want to visit or a cafe that looked really pretty. Um, And I have pulled those from everything from novels to um, Instagram posts to old Rick Steves episodes, like (laughs) it it literally runs the gamut. Um, But at this point, I have such a long list of places that I want to see that, you know, I may never get through them all, but I'll try. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. I I can't imagine. It's probably like miles long. (laughs) It is. It's a little ridiculous. I love spreadsheets. (laughs) But yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And it ensures that wherever we go, I always find something to do. Yeah, definitely. And that way, like, you can save it, save the ideas if you happen to see it on Instagram or, you know, wherever. Exactly. Kind of like have have a pile to put it all into. Cool. And then how do you guys decide, so back, you know, a year ago, pre-pandemic, how would you yes. guys decide where to go next? So, uh, you know, assuming, we'll just forget that the pandemic happened, right? So um, in normal times, it would be a combination of what we were in the mood for. So like sometimes, you know, we want a new adventure and sometimes we're exhausted and we want a place to go work and relax. Uh, what the weather were really you know big big drivers of having the weather go with us and then um, also just you know price and flexibility you know when we were bouncing around Europe for years if there was a cheap flight somewhere and it was four times as much to go to a city that was similar well that one wins right and how where do you find flights do you have a certain um, app or website or anything you use I generally just would look on Google flights um, and go from there. Sometimes specifically like on Ryanair's website, if there was like somewhere that we wanted to try to like plan a route to, but honestly, as weird as it sounds, even traveling full time, like your schedule fills up. Like, you know, if you have to meet a family member uh, X week, then you know, you have this amount of time to get there. You want to get close. It, it all ends up filling in. Yeah. Now, how far in advance did you guys used to like book all your, trips Mm, uh plane tickets i would say uh the furthest in advance that we ever booked was probably three or four months um and the the closest to departure date was like six hours so it varied (laughs) that's so fun that has to be so exciting to just like buy a ticket and go. It was. At the time, it was also just stressful. We were tired. We ended up canceling a trip um, to go hang out with friends instead of go on an adventure, which was very much needed, but you know, then the pandemic hit, so. (laughs) Now, you would stay in some places for for months, right? Uh, Usually just for one month in a particular city at a time. Uh, The exception was Boston. We were there for three months. Oh, okay, cool. And and you would, I assume, stay, stay in Airbnbs mostly? Yeah, um, although really as the years have worn on, it's most of the properties on Airbnb are also listed on booking.com. So sometimes we book there, but for a month long stay, yes, always an apartment rental. Gotcha. Okay, cool. And I think it's it's so nice for, especially the average traveler who doesn't have, you know, unlimited resources. Yes. Be able to like confidently book someone's apartment, you know, for even if it's just a week, um, it helps us save so much money. And I feel like five, 10 years ago, it was, it wasn't the norm. And it was a lot um, more intimidating, especially for people who don't travel all the time. It's like, you know, oh, is this safe? Like all this kind of stuff. So I think we're really lucky to have Um, those options out there now that like you can confidently book and stay in. 
Absolutely. And it's changed a ton just in the five years that I've been, uh, I've been traveling full time. Yeah. It's uh, much more prevalent now and much more um, integrated. Like once, you know, five years ago, most people that I would talk to over say 50 didn't really use Airbnb or understand it. And now every single place that you can book a hotel, you can book an apartment. Right. Yeah. Which is awesome. It just, it makes traveling so much more accessible for everybody, which is great. Which is the point of all this, right? Yes. <laughs> cool. Okay. So, um, kind of on that same realm, a big thing I like to talk about, um, for all the different destinations I discuss on the podcast, um, mm -hmm. are free things to do and, you know, inexpensive things to do. So what are some of your biggest tips when it comes to saving money on vacation, doing free activities, that kind of thing? Yeah, so for us personally as full-time travelers, the biggest way that we saved money was just being flexible on times and places, right? Which places we go and when we go. But if you're on a more limited schedule, that doesn't necessarily work. So in our day-to-day -day lives, um, the most inexpensive but often wonderful things that we did was just literally walk around. Like yeah. if you put me in a European city, I will walk around for six hours um, and maybe only buy a coffee. So it's amazing what you can find doing that. Um, one thing that we like to do is seek out specific neighborhoods. So not necessarily a place in terms of like a specific museum or anything like that, but be like, oh, this neighborhood is known for being particularly picturesque. We're just going to go walk around it for a few hours. Right. And I miss that more than anything, honestly. <laughs> yeah, just that like wander aspect of it. Yes, exactly. Oh, makes me sad. I wish you could still be doing it currently. <sighs> so before we go on, I want to... I want to give the listeners an idea of your travels. So can you kind of go over where you've been and where you focus on most? Yeah. So we initially left for our quote six month round the world trip um, and intended to cover Europe, Southeast Asia, and South America. Uh, we made it through about five countries in Europe. Um, I mean, do you want me to name them off? It could get long. Um, you. Yeah, um, about five or six countries in Europe, including like Italy, Spain, Croatia, some of our favorites. Um, hit up Morocco for a couple of weeks, uh, flew to Southeast Asia and did Thailand, Laos, and Cambodia. Um, and then looped back around and ended up, instead of going to South America, backpacking uh, overland from Mexico City to Panama for about six months, wow. which was lots of fun. Now, what, do mean, what do you mean when you say backpacking? Um, I just mean that you, it's kind of a catch-all term for, you know, young people who put the backpacks on their back and travel on somewhat of a budget, basically. Um, you know, I wasn't like, we weren't like camping, um, nothing like that. But still, yeah. 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 But after that trip, that took us to the one-year mark of travel. And that was when we started really needing and wanting to focus on making money. So that was when we moved to Boston for a few months. And then from there, we have mostly been focused on Europe and the USA with a few exceptions. We took a couple of months in um, Southern Africa and we did like a month long trip to Colombia. Wow, so cool. Now, how did you, when you got to that point at the one year point, mm -hmm. how did you learn what to do next? How did you kind of figure out how to start monetizing what you were doing? Yeah, so um, I already was monetizing the blog a little bit, but in 2017, um, I really hit the point where I really internalized and understood how to use Google search to my advantage um, and was able to do that successfully. And that's really where the success of the blog comes from. Yeah, what I, I, like I can completely attest to that because that is 100% how I found you in the first place years yeah, ago. That's so. exactly what I go for. <laughs> that, is my, that is my whole goal. Um, so once we hit that one-year point, I started focusing a lot more on that. I started reading about it, studying it, experimenting, and uh, we were able to move things along from there. Cool. So it obviously boils down to um, readers. So the number of viewers and readers that you have on the blog. 
Yes, yeah, I make um, money through ad income um, with display ads on the site and through affiliate income. So when people book something through a link on the site, I uh, don't at this point do any kind of like partnerships or anything like that. I just stick with my two things. That's awesome. That is so cool that you can do that because I feel like there's, you know, a million other, you know, ways to piecemeal it together. But the fact that you can do it through that just shows how popular and how useful I think your your site is, which is so cool. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, that that is the hope. Um, above all, we want to be useful um, and monetize that way. Um, you know, there's a, there's a million ways to make money on the internet and saying you're a blogger can mean all kinds of things, but that's what I mean when I say it. Yeah, and I think for the average person, they don't even know. Like, they don't even begin to understand that. So it's cool to kind of get a little bit of it. Yeah, my grandparents, um, not all of them, but some of my grandparents, they still don't really understand how we make money. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Yes, exactly. I guess I'm proud of you, but I don't really get it. (laughs) Just like that. (laughs) so funny I love it though but that's awesome it doesn't matter we we see right exactly (laughs) okay cool well let's see what else do I have for you so um what is your biggest travel tip that you would have just for the average vacationer first let's start there just like someone going on a week vacation once a year a week vacation I would say um be adaptable and don't worry if you miss things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you can't see everything. I mean, I, I still can't see everything. Um, so, you know, it's just about prioritizing. And then if something goes wrong or something is closed, you're late somewhere, just let it go. Because it's really easy to let those kinds of stressors pile up. Yeah. And I think if I can add on to that, I have learned having plan Bs pre-made I think can help with that too. And I think can help with the stress of it. You're a little less upset if something goes wrong, if you actually have a second option of like, oh, well, if this doesn't work out, then let's try this. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So um, tell us, tell us some stories. You traveled for a long time. Uh, (sighs) What, (laughs) what would you say is like your biggest either travel mistake or um, like funny story, something that's happened to you on the road? Oh, I mean, there's so many things. I mean, funny (laughs) is the right word for it, but you know, there's been some memorable moments. Um, We uh, ended up in a, um, how do I even put this, like a bucket passing line fighting a fire in Honduras once. Um, that was pretty memorable. Yeah, it was on uh, the island of Utila, and they don't have a uh, fire truck. So um, we, they eventually got a hose, but there was a store burning down. And as people walked by, they just sort of like made this line passing buckets from the ocean. Um, so yeah, that was interesting. Um, crazy. Yeah, it was. We, um, we got scammed in Morocco once, like just a few weeks after we started traveling um, at the tanneries there. So that was a little unnerving. We ended up in a situation where we were outnumbered and pretty isolated, um, but literally just like ran away. So it ended up working out. Um, yeah, I think we've had a lot of people um, ask us why we don't have kids or express surprise that we're married, especially a few years ago. We're getting a little older now, so we don't get that as much, but. um, Just like being, like looking young and being married. Yeah, yeah. And the funny thing is, is that um, they're normally just surprised by Jeremy, of course, not me. I'm allowed to be married. I'm a young woman, but he, (laughs) I mean, you know. I ha- oh, there was one um, cab driver in Mexico we were with for a full day, and I understand very good Spanish, but I tend to be quiet. I'm not super, um, not super thrilled with my pronunciation, something I want to work on, and Jeremy's very conversational, um, pretty proficient. And so they were just talking for hours, and he thought that I couldn't understand them, and he kept asking Jeremy why he only had one wife. Like, he was super surprised by the idea that he was, like, actually monogamous. Um, uh, this was in uh, the Yucatan Peninsula oh my in Mexico. Yeah. 
But I think to kind of touch on the kids thing, I think that's a kind of a hot topic right now in the travel industry because it, I mean, of course, some people want kids and that's great. And some people Mm -hmm. totally don't. And I think it's a balance of just kind of understanding that I think a lot of um, people, not necessarily in the travel world, but who follow these travel bloggers or or influencers or any of that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. I think it's, I've just seen it on Instagram a lot recently, that conversation. Yeah. And I I think other things that fill us too. I think that actually hits on an interesting topic because I think part of what we're seeing is, you know, travel influencing blogging, whatever you want to call it, it's fairly new. So we're starting to see those people who got started in their early to mid twenties hit their early to mid thirties. And so there is kind of like a travel blogger baby boom going on right now. And my friends in the industry range from, you know, I will absolutely never have a child. Do not make me do that to parents already and negotiating what a travel blogging looks like as a family. Yeah, for sure. One of those, um, do you watch Flying the Nest on YouTube? I don't. I am I am a complete YouTube. Uh, <laughs> that's right. I live under a rock. I don't, I don't, I, if it happens on YouTube, I don't know what it is, but yeah, please. Well, it's funny because I used to be like, who watches YouTube? Like, I totally <laughs> used to be like that. Like, my yeah. little sister-in-law, she's young, and so she watches, you know, those families who post their daily vlogs and whatever and I was like why do you care about other people's lives until I found (laughs) travel vlogging and was like okay now I get it like right (laughs) fun to watch um for me I think a lot of it is just like being able to dream like so many Mm -hmm. of these places I never would have been like oh I want to go there at all and then you see their videos and the blogs obviously do the same like and you're just like oh my gosh I want to go there tomorrow like let's go (laughs) but um (laughs) <laughs> but on the baby thing. I know where my spreadsheet comes from. That's what? I said, now you know where my spreadsheet comes from. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, Flying the Nest on YouTube, they just had a baby, um, and it all kind of happened during quarantine, which was, you know, coincidence, but they are kind of going through that, like, figuring it out now with the baby and what they're going to do next with traveling and stuff, so it's cool to watch that side, too, and see how people do it, so. It is. Yeah, it's impressive. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I feel like it is a struggle to have, I don't have any kids yet, but I feel like it's a struggle to have kids settled down in a house, <laughs> let alone traveling the world. Yeah, and you know what's funny, and I mean, I don't, I don't mind talking about this stuff, there were a lot of topic, but you know, we always assumed that we would have kids by now, um, and like that was always the plan, right? Like we never like set off to be people who didn't have them, and yet every single year we're kind of like, I'd rather go to Antarctica next year, so it just has not happened yet. No, I totally get that. I can imagine from being full-time travelers, or at least, you know, pre-pandemic yeah. travelers, because... I'm not, and I, we're the exact same way. Like, we joke that we've said we're going to have kids in three years for the last three years, and we're still saying three, you know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> totally relatable. That's my life. Yep, that's <laughs> so funny. Oh, gosh. All right. What else? So, let's talk about your blog a little bit. Tell me, tell yeah, me a little bit about what they can find. I want to talk about both. So let's start with our escape clause. So that one you started first, right? Like that was. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I launched that actually five years ago today, uh, March 10th, 2016. Was my first post. Yep. Congratulations. Um, oh my God. You. Yeah. It's honestly the best work milestone that I've ever had in my life. Um, That's amazing. So yeah, we, I launched it in March and then we left uh, for full-time travel, literally, um, two months later, May 10th. And um, I built that over time. Now I focus mostly on Europe and the US, um, both because I love it, like I really do. And because honestly it pays the best. So the combination is great. And uh, I also cover places like, um, you know, Latin America, Southeast Asia, Africa. I love Mexico, so I write about it quite a bit. Um, And everything on there is, with very limited exception, very actionable. So I write itineraries, things to do, tips, um, guides, um, you know, how to get started planning a trip. Nothing is really my stories, except for maybe like literally 10 posts. 
Yeah. And I love that, especially, I mean, of course we love to hear your stories too, but I think for the people who are trying to plan their trip, like that's what they need. Um, the fluff, exactly. you know, can be pretty, but it's not going to actually necessarily get them anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. So that's one thing that kept me coming back for sure to the blog. And continuing to yeah. Like if I'd add a new city to an itinerary, I'd be like, oh wait, let me go see what our escape clause has all about the city, you know? Um, because that's awesome. Yeah, that's exactly our goal. We want to... I feel like there's kind of two ways to be a blogger. You can be entertaining or you can be useful. I'm an awkward introverted person who prefers to be useful. Like that's just the bottom line. <laughs> yeah, but that's what that's what people need when they're going on vacation. So Exactly. That's great. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's talk about your second blog, um, Lone Star Travel Guide. So when did you yeah. start that? So I actually, so I started it June 25th, 2020. So, but that's not quite the whole story. So I have wanted to start a second site for probably close to two to three years. Um, And part of that has to do with the fact that it's just building something different, like writing about one particular place instead of just the places we go. It doesn't seem that different from the outside, but it feels very different. Like the work that I do is different. Mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure where I wanted to start it. So I literally own like 10 web domains from like all of the places that like we considered moving or writing about over the last few years. Yeah. Um, and then this summer, you know, as we were, you know, dealing with the pandemic, I knew it was really time. And it, it was literally like just one of those like movie moments. It hit me like a lightning bolt. I was like, I have to do this. Like, I know Texas. I love Texas. Um, my family is here. I was born here. Like, it works. And there's just so much to say about it that literally doesn't even exist on the internet yet. Right. So um, I bought the domain and started writing it within a couple of days. So that's great. Well, I'm honestly yeah. shocked that it's less than a year old because when you go and look at the site it is filled. like it is packed trim how did you do that i guess pandemic for you right well right so we have 145 posts on there now um and we'll yeah we'll double it quickly but um while on our escape clause i write every single post with very limited exception i have a couple of guest posts i think four or five um on that site, I write about half the post and I hire writers for the other. So it's more of a collaborative effort. Wow. Now, how do you go about doing that? Uh, hiring the writers? Yeah. Honestly, Upwork. That's, <laughs> that's I've hired, I hired a team through Upwork and I have four great writers. They've been with me almost since the beginning. Um, we have only lost one through attrition and I haven't replaced them yet because I have more work than I can keep up with editing. So that's so cool again something I hadn't ever thought of that's crazy yeah it's um it's a lot of fun it's definitely like a different job right you know like the more I blog the less my job is sitting down at my computer and blogging right yeah well that's so cool well yeah so what do you cover um tell everybody what you cover on the Lone Star Travel Guide um within yeah so just like our escape clause, it's 100% actionable information, um, nothing personal at all, just how to travel the state of Texas. So uh, it's my goal is eventually, and it's a really big goal, is to write about just every single corner of the state. Um, so we have 89 state parks, um, 16 national park service areas, uh, three of the 10 largest cities in the country, and it just goes on and on. So, I mean, it's a, it's a big job, but that's what I hope to do. Wow. Well, that's great. Yeah. I'm sure you can, because... <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> yes, one day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, cool. I love that. Um, and so you can find that at LoneStarTravelGuide.com, right? Yep. That exactly. Yeah. Our escape clause is our escape clause.com. That's it. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Everybody make sure to go um, check out Kate and Jeremy there. Um, and you're going to be uh, booking flights for every country in Europe um, <laughs> by the time you finish. <laughs> 
<laughs> going well, to vlog for sure. Wow. And actually, so this is jumping back a little bit, but let's, I love Europe and I've never even been. So I like, I could read about every inch of Europe, my whole, like every day. Same. But um, what's interesting to me is that you mentioned that Croatia is one of your favorite countries. It is. It's one what of my top favorite, favorite countries. It's not a very popular country, really, in Europe. Yeah, you know, it's definitely um, had a huge increase in popularity over the last decade, but it's still, I mean, it's not a France or an Italy, right? To right. American tourists. Um, but yeah, it is stunningly beautiful. Um, the coastline is one of the most beautiful you could possibly imagine. The food is great. Um, it's easy to travel around. They have some incredible national parks. I, I Okay, so I actually decided to go to Croatia, speaking of how you kind of like learn about places. In about 2010, when I saw a picture of Pleatbeats Lakes National Park on Pinterest, um, and I didn't make it until 2015, and now we've been to Croatia, I think, four times. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love it. It's um, very beautiful. It has a lot of Venetian-inspired architecture because they ruled it for a while. Um, yeah, so it's uh, it's fantastic. Wow, that's awesome. Have you ever, um, on the Europe topic, have you ever yeah. done, I'm sure you have, the like Christmas market thing around Europe? Oh, I love the Christmas markets. <laughs> Yes, um, we went for the first time in 2018, um, and we did probably five or six cities. And then in 2019, we um, we like made it a whole thing. Like we did like a two or three week trip focused entirely on Christmas markets. And of course, you know, the plan was to do that again this year, but 2021, hopefully. Yeah. Well, that's one of my biggest dreams too. So I they're worth it. One day. So what? what countries have you done for the Christmas markets? Like what are some of the best ones people should hit up? Yeah. So, um, Germany obviously, um, is, you know, they're, they are number one for a reason. Um, but outside of Germany, uh, my favorites are Austria, which, you know, lots of German influence, um, and Northeastern France and the Alsace region, okay. um, which also has quite a bit of German influence, but they have just the most picturesque towns, great food, great cheese. Um, and yeah, the markets there are by far our favorites. We have definitely been to some that we considered quite lackluster, not because there's anything wrong with them. They're very fun if you live in those cities, but they just don't have the ambiance that some of the others do. Right. And now at these markets, we're talking food, activities, music, all the things, right? <laughs> yeah. So it does vary a bit, right? So like, you know, I think Vienna has like somewhere around a dozen markets and like each one has like a different theme. But generally you go to a Christmas market and you're going to see um, stalls selling food, selling the, the hot wine and selling various like souvenirs and Christmas gifts. Oh, so fun. I feel like I could spend my whole life savings on, on those. Yeah. <laughs> It's hard not to. <laughs> and so I assume there are blog posts all about the markets too. That they oh, have. yes. Yeah, we've got, um, oh gosh, probably a dozen about different cities and such. So awesome. cool. We'll check those out after. So on your blogs, obviously, you know, a, a good portion of blogs are the photos. So can you talk about that a little bit? What do you guys do? Um, for photography uh, on your travels, what kind of camera do you use? Are you just taking it yourselves? Yeah, so um, just in the last year, especially with the pandemic, I have started incorporating some stock photography into the site, um, but the vast majority of it is us. Um, we do take all of our photos ourselves um, that we do, like the photos you see of the two of us are generally with a tripod. Okay. Um, rare occasion if it's you know like a typical cheesy tourist photo of the two of us in front of a landmark we might have asked someone to take that uh, but we use a sony ar3 um which we bought the beginning of 2019 and we love it we had a nikon uh d3300 before that which was great um but the sony is definitely a step up cool well, that's good to yeah. know. I like kind of pointing those out for the photography lovers out there and I feel like yes. it blends so much with travel photography in general so it does yeah I love um, taking travel photos and definitely miss it we get what we can here but it's not the same <laughs> that's 
Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, look on your blog and, like, all the just, like, open fields and, like, city streets. Yes. I love Florida. <laughs> They're so fun to look at. Oh. oh, thank you. They always Yeah, we can't here. wait to get back to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. What would you say, just kind of overall, to someone who's aspiring to become a travel blogger who wants to kind of follow in your st- footsteps? Hmm. So... I'm just going to assume that this is someone who wants to be a blogger like I do with, you know, focus on the website, not necessarily as much social media, just because that's what I know. Um, But I would say uh, learn search engine optimization early. Mm -hmm. Um, Start today. Don't put off the domain for seven months the way that, you know, I did when I first had the idea. Literally start today and don't be a perfectionist. A big part of, um, how I've been successful blogging is simply producing a lot of content. Um, And the reality is, is that your first hundred or so posts are going to suck and you're going to rewrite them, which is what I'm doing right now during the pandemic. (laughs) I'm rewriting all of my old posts. So when you see me not posting on our escape clause, I am, it's just in the background. Gotcha. That makes sense though. And I've said this in other episodes too, um, but my, one of my favorite sayings is by Jenna Kutcher. Um, and Mm -hmm. she says, done is better than perfect. And I just love that because like, just do something, put it out there in the world because you're never going to be at the same level as your dream person is. Yeah. (laughs) Or start. You're going to be where they are, where, when they started too, you know, like, you're going to exactly. get better. I mean, even talking about the photography, like you must learn from it. You must get better as you go with practice. Like that's everything yeah. in life. Yes, absolutely. And the more you can let go of the perfectionism, the more successful you'll be. Um, you know, even now, I know some bloggers who have been blogging twice as long as me, but they really struggle to put that sort of perfectionism aside. And you can tell. Yeah. No, I love that. That's huge. And I think that's really useful for just the average person wanting to start out. So that's really cool. Now you did mention social media. So, um, you do have an awesome Instagram account, um, our escape clause, right? I do. You might've noticed I haven't posted on it in almost a year. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, well, and you know, I thought about posting here, but then I just realized that I just didn't want to. And that's honestly one of the best things about my job is that if I don't want to do it, I don't necessarily have to. Um, So once we get back to Europe, I think I probably will be inspired to do it again. But in the meantime, this year, I just didn't want to force it. No, I get it. And if it's not like filling you up, you know, emotionally and all that then why? So I love that. But still want everyone to go follow you on Instagram for one day. (laughs) Yes, please do. One day. (laughs) But also to go through and look at all the beautiful photos that you do have up there. Because it doesn't matter if it's today or last year. They, you know, it's all and and gorgeous and inspirational and all that. I love looking back through them too. So thank you. Okay. Well, do you have anything else you want to discuss? Um, I don't think so. I just, yeah, I mean, I can talk about this stuff all day, but you know, I, I have noticed, actually, I will say this, I have noticed a pretty big uptake in the uptake in the last six, uh, eh, probably three to six months of people looking at some of the posts about long-term travel and about, you know, quitting to travel and that sort of thing. So I think we're going to see a real boom in that and maybe 2021 and 2022 after people have been stuck at home. So I wish you all luck. It is worth the, worth the effort. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with that. I think it's given, I think the pandemic has kind of given us time to, to come to that realization, to, mm-hmm. you know, realize that I think being pooped up does make us like want to just go out and do all the things. <laughs> yes, exactly. And goodness knows I feel the same way. So yeah, no, I get it. Awesome. Well, I do have some questions that I like to end the podcast with that are a little bit more generic. Um, So we'll start off with when you travel, what is the one item you must bring with you? I mean, I guess I'll have to see the camera (laughs) or maybe, you know, a phone that can take photos and also communicate. (laughs) 
All right, next question. What is your biggest travel what not to do? I would say don't go somewhere just because you think you're supposed to. You won't enjoy it. Yeah. And I think that could have to do with like destinations, cities, you know, countries, that kind of stuff, yeah. but also activities. We started Absolutely. to kind of go into this before, but like, if you're not into museums, don't go to museums. <laughs> like, you don't exactly. have to do those things. People say that all the time. They're like, oh, well, this is the big thing here. Like, okay, cool. But does that, in like, does that interest you? Like, right, well, no, exactly. No, but I feel like you have to when you're, no, you don't. What do you other things you love? Cool. All right. Next one. Um, what is the one place that you recommend everyone has to visit in their lifetime? I mean, I'm obviously going to have to go with Italy, right? <laughs> like, that's clearly one of my favorites. Um, and it's, uh, it's a perfect blend of interests, whether you're outdoorsy or you're a foodie or you're a history buff, whatever, you're going to find something for you in Italy. And it's fairly accessible. Yeah. And I think that may be what uh, drew me to you in the first place. Is <laughs> probably yes. the love of Italy. I'm like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> my Italy obsession is real. I can't believe it's been so long since I was there. And I but. think it's funny because it is so popular as a tourist destination that it's almost becoming the opposite where people are like, yeah, but Italy's like the touristy place to go. Again, yeah. for a reason, like <laughs> exactly, and you know, Italy may be the touristy place to go, but man, there's a lot of places with not a lot of tourists in Italy that you can go to. Oh yeah, oh yeah, go to the small town for sure. Mm -hmm. All right, so you kind of already answered this, but we'll ask it again. Where are you off to next? So we are um, hoping to be vaccinated very soon. Jeremy has his first shot, um, and once we kind of have the all clear. We would love to get back to Europe um, this summer or fall if we can, even if it's just for a trip. I think that we will move there within the year, um, meaning 365 days, not necessarily by New Year's Eve. And in the meantime, some places on our radar um, for road trips with our dog, because we have him now, um, include everything from road tripping down to Mexico, to Alaska, Hawaii, New England, Michigan, uh, I've got a friend out in California, just about anywhere you can think of that we can drive to. So is that really your plan for the interim before Europe? You're just going to jump in the car yep. and see? Absolutely. Um, you know, once we're vaccinated, we may go to the Caribbean or hop down to Ecuador or whatever to see a little bit more. But, you know, we are obsessed with our dog. Um, and the thing about traveling as much as we have is you realize that you're just never gonna see it all. So if I have like six places that are an eight out of 10 on my list and three of them allow him to come, I'm probably gonna pick one of those three right now. Right. So yeah. you got a puppy during the pandemic? Yes, we did. It was actually a complete happenstance. Um, a, uh, we have a, a dear family friend who has a dog that we're just like literally obsessed with. Yeah. And as it turned out, um, the breeder had one last round of puppies, like literally, um, they got the parents spayed after that. That was the end for them. And our ranger um, was the last puppy who was still available. The other ones were already all called for. And yeah, it just couldn't have worked out better. We're obsessed. He will of course be moving to Europe with us. I was gonna ask that. Okay. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's with us for life. Yeah. People sometimes say that they're like, "Oh, well, we couldn't move. We have pets, you know." Sure, yeah. you can move them too. They can go with you. Oh yeah. Once we successfully do it, there will definitely be a guide to it on the blog. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I did hear about someone recently who moved to Hawaii with their dog, um, and oh, it's yes. pretty simple. I mean, not. not yeah, really it is. It is. It's definitely pretty simple. Um, you know, it won't, it'll be a stressful day for all of us, but we'll all survive. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. Especially me. <laughs> I couldn't imagine like being apart oh. from my dog on the plane. No, I have, no. I have two <laughs> dogs, so I completely get it. Like they're my children. They're what's tied. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like exactly. I take them everywhere with me, literally everywhere. My husband, not so much. He doesn't love it. <laughs> we did just do a dog trip. Like that was kind of all planned around bringing our dogs for Thanksgiving. Um, we went up to North Georgia to the mountains and we really truly were like, this is kind of a trip for our dogs. Like we wanted to take them. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> and I feel, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, it's yeah. true. Like we wanted to be able to do like activities that were based around things we could do with them. And they climbed a darn mountain and they were killing it. We have this like, um, uh, like a belt, like a dog belt or whatever that clips their leash to it that I got oh, cool. from hiking. And it's incredible. Like, I swear by this thing. It's amazing. I got it on Amazon for 30 bucks, I think. But nice. um, I, you know, I had it on when we were hiking up this mountain. And then at one point going down the mountain, my husband like, like put it on. Um, <laughs> and he goes, well, now I see why you got up the mountain so easily. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they yeah. <killed> it. <laughs> well, that's fun. I hope to see some more of your, and maybe you can share on your Instagram. We'd love to see yes. with Ranger. That would be so fun. Or any other ways yeah. we, can, we can follow along with your road trip, because that would be really cool. Yeah, he'll definitely be there. And I, I will probably start posting Instagram stories eventually. I mean, I, we literally just got back from a trip. We spent a week in Savannah, um, which is oh, one of my favorite cool. U.S. cities. Um, yeah, we have, and, have I just, doing Savannah on the podcast in like two or three weeks. So we'll be learning. Oh, good. Yeah, it's truly, it's in like my top three favorite U.S. cities. I'm obsessed with it. But um, it's funny because since we got the puppy and since I'm not posting on Instagram, I'm literally not taking like the things that I would turn into stories as much, like the photos and videos. Basically 90% of my camera feed is my dog. So I like look back to her, I'm like, should I post any of this? Like, it's just him sleeping and sitting everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny you say that. I had just told you how I just got a new phone like last night. And of course my new phone is filled with photos of my dogs already yes. <laughs> last night in the kitchen today outside in the yard like, <laughs> yeah. like well, now I can take beautiful pictures of my pups <laughs> exactly yeah they're and they're more photogenic than people anyway right yeah, exactly <laughs> people want to see dogs more than they want to see people it's fine yeah. <laughs> awesome well I can't wait to uh see all things road trip the rest of the year I think that'll be really fun to see where you guys Me end up too Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to it. Well, have fun. Well, it was so great to have you on the podcast this week. Um, it's so cool how this podcast is just connecting me to people all over the world, but people that I've followed forever. So it's such, you know, it's so cool to me to be able to meet you and talk to you and learn more about you guys and what you do after, you know, using your blog forever. So... Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I'm glad that you get the value out of it that we intend. That's the biggest compliment. That's 100% true. So cool. Well, thank you so much. Why don't you share with everybody one more time where they can find you online? Yeah. So um, my name is Kate Storm and I blog at ourescapeclause.com and at lonestartravelguide.com. Perfect. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Tori. I hope you loved this week's episode. Kate was such a phenomenal guest. So everyone, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Go follow us on Instagram and look back next week for another exciting episode all about travel. Bye, y'all.